Welcome to this podcast produced by Imagine, an online source focusing on early childhood music therapy. Imagine is sponsored by the American Music Therapy Association and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled Sensory Processing, Key Points and Ideas for Application in Music Therapy and presented by Lynn Wakeford. Lynn is an assistant professor for occupational science at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. She is the clinical coordinator of the early development project funded by Autism Speaks. I'd like to give a short overview of sensory processing, particularly sensory modulation, and then try to give some ways of thinking about this concept in the context of music therapy. So, Sensory processing is the neurological process by which the body orients to and integrates sensation and then creates an adaptive or functional response to that sensation. There are three key things to think about in regard to this process. First, sensations may come from the external environment, such as what you see or hear, or may come from the internal environment, the body such as the sensations you get from jumping up and landing as you play jump rope. Secondly, these sensations may be relatively simple, involving only one or two sensory systems, such as lying still on a soft surface with your eyes closed and listening to Gregorian chant, or may be incredibly complex, involving many sensory systems and or sensations that actually compete with one another for your attention, such as walking around a crowded amusement park, trying to talk to a friend as loud music plays, people bump against you, and the aroma of popcorn and funnel cakes surround you. Thirdly, neurological responses to sensation are essentially excitation or inhibition. When excitation occurs, the nervous system continues to pass the sensory message along, telling you to pay attention to that sensation and use it, in combination with other sensations, to inform your actions. When inhibition occurs, the message doesn't get passed very far along, so it doesn't get your attention. In order to function, especially in more complex sensory environments, you have to be able to inhibit some things and attend to others. And really, most of our everyday lives are lived in pretty complex sensory environments, even if we don't realize it at the time. So, the three things to keep in mind about sensory processing are sensations come from both external and internal environments, that from a sensory perspective, activities and environments can be relatively simple or very complex, and that neurological responses to sensation are a balance of excitation and inhibition. But in order to really generate functional behaviors, the right balance of excitation and inhibition must occur for the specific activity in which the person is engaged. Now let's just fit in sensory modulation. Sensory modulation is really about that right balance. It refers to our body's ability to determine how much of what kind of sensory information we need in order to do what we need to do in a specific context. It allows us to adjust our level of alertness to fit the situation we're in. For instance, to sit and listen to this podcast, 
You really don't need to be paying attention to much other than the sound of my voice, especially if you're sitting fairly comfortably. However, if you next go outside for a game of soccer with some friends, you need to attend to how your body is moving, so that's vestibular and proprioceptive input, where the ball, other players, and the goal are, visual input, and what your teammates are yelling to you, auditory input, and so on. Sensory modulation is that subconscious process that balances the excitation and inhibition of all that sensory information so that you can attend to what is important in the moment. Something important to remember about this process of sensory modulation is that there are many connections in the central nervous system with other functions, such as emotions and our drive to get our basic needs met. That means that our ability to process sensation and modulate is affected by our mood, hunger, fatigue, and so on. As I talk about all these aspects of sensory processing, I'm kind of picking them apart a bit in order to talk about them, but in reality, this is a very dynamic system with many things happening at once and very quickly. For most of us, we aren't even aware of all these things our nervous systems are doing for us that help us function successfully in our daily activities and environments. It's really only when we see ourselves or others, like our clients, having trouble with this that we realize how complex a process it is and how much it can influence our function. On the handout that goes along with this podcast, you will see a diagram and other information about a model that helps explain how our bodies typically process sensory information and also the ways in which sensory processing difficulties may occur. Those difficulties include hyper-responsiveness, or being oversensitive, and hypo-responsiveness, or being undersensitive. Sensory seeking is a third aspect of sensory processing difficulties that we may see clearly in someone's behavior and may be a result of hypo or hyper-responsiveness or both. It's important to remember that people can be hypo-responsive to some kinds of sensory input, but hyper-responsive to other types. A common example is that of people on the autism spectrum, who may be hyper-responsive to some types of auditory and light touch sensations, but hypo-responsive to the sensations one gets from movement, such as vestibular sensation. Sensory processing is very individual, so it's important to consult with an occupational therapist who is well-versed in sensory processing in order to complete this kind of assessment. As a music therapist, you can assist with the assessment process by observing a person's responses to sensation in different contexts and or by asking them about their preferences, particularly in the area of musical experiences. Other ways in which you can integrate an understanding of sensory processing into your work is to consider all the different sensory qualities available from the music, instruments, and musical experiences you use. You have a wonderful repertoire of sensory experiences to offer. Clearly, there's an endless availability of auditory experiences in music when you consider the options for tone, pitch, volume, complexity, tempo, and rhythm. 
Vibration is another sensation that can tap into a number of sensory systems. We can register vibration with our auditory systems, but we also feel it, sometimes with our whole bodies and sometimes just by contact with a single body part. The shape, texture, weight, size, and positioning of musical instruments all create sensation for us, and the way in which one plays an instrument, mallet, pick, fingers, etc., also create a wide variety of sensations. Think about the different sensory experiences one gets from standing up and hitting a large gong with a mallet versus sitting on a pillow on the floor shaking a kibasa. Also, think about how a simple rhythm and repeated lines in music provide predictability which may be very helpful for those who are hyper-responsive to sensation and find some activities or environments kind of scary because of their unpredictability. Think also about how you can use the tones and pitches in music to hold still or move forward, giving those who may rush ahead in activities and miss important steps an additional cue to wait, to slow down. Refer to the table in the handout for more ideas about analyzing the sensory qualities of instruments and musical elements. The key here is really to match the person with the sensory information that comes from the musical experiences you create. This means understanding how your client processes sensory information and in what situations this creates difficulties and also being able to analyze the musical experiences from the standpoint of the sensory qualities that exist there. Music therapists and occupational therapists working co collaboratively can create powerful and effective interventions that support clients with sensory processing difficulties to participate more fully in everyday life. Thank you for listening to this Imagine podcast produced in 2000.